0: Hello, hello! Good evening and welcome back to Spinning Around with Haile Minogue, presenting to you on the internet airwaves and sending you vibrations from Nam this Monday night at 5pm AEST. You know who I am, or do you? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for tuning into our airwaves today for more conversations and mixes with dance music's latest and greatest. You might not know who I really am, but what we really know is that we're broadcasting on the land of its traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people. And with that knowledge, let us respect their past, present and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. If you're tuned into the show, whether it be live on your commute back home or after the broadcast out the back of the bar on Smoko, pouring out the dregs of the Port Royal onto your tally-ho only to discover that you've run out of filters and have to go sprint off to the 7-Eleven down the road within two minutes and hope to God Stevie the manager doesn't come out to find you because you're on your last warning and you really need this job in today's climate, then you need to cut back on the darts, has, because they're A, bad for you, and B, are literally costing you a pineapple a pop, and even you can't deny that your unjustifiably expensive taste in a cigarette is just fiscally irresponsible. So instead of putting that towards another sure step to cancer, put it towards a sure step to helping our First Nations friends by making a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much needed resources for the mob today. My first guest, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I can't actually believe that we've got him on tonight. Let me just, uh, let me just fucking collect myself. My next guest this week is one of Nam's shining stars. Since his humble beginnings in 2013, this DJ producer has made all the right moves, releasing track after track and spinning set after set to the point where he is now plastered in the annals of boiler room history. He has made a significant impact on the House and Deep House world with stunning releases on the likes of Honey Butter Records, Gallery Rex, Finer Things, and Clip Art, featuring highly recognizable tracks such as Rest Relief, Oh Girl, Pleasure, and Wax Love. Fans will recognize the come up as he did the rounds at Nam's favorite venues and festivals such as Revs, Brown Alley, Lounge, Glamorama, XE54, Pitch, Beyond the Valley, Lost Paradise, and more. And one cannot look past the lineups he shared with internationals such as Solomon, Kink, Anna, Lane8, and Dennis Salter, just to name a few. Many know him as one of the most seasoned selectors in the realm of house, disco, garage, and electro. And we here at Area 3000 have no objection to this understanding. God, we have a lot to talk about. This is a career and a half we have on the table here, and I'm very pleased to have the opportunity tonight. My guest is none other than Zach, a.k.a. Cassettes for Kids. Hey, Zach, welcome to the show. How are you going?
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very well. How are you, mate?
0: <laughs> I'm excellent. Um, you seem you seem very calm and composed. It sounds like you're having a fairly relaxed evening so far. Yeah, so far. Um, we'll see. We'll see how you change that. <laughs> well, look. Um, ordinarily, the guests do regret uh, coming onto this show. So uh, <laughs> I should have given you that fair warning before this uh, interview. Hey. So <laughs> there is something that we need to talk about. It would be a crime to not talk about this. Is this your first interview since Boiler Room happened? Uh, yeah, yeah it is. Holy shit. We have the exclusive words on Boiler Room since it happened. <laughs> how are the emotions? I need you to let everything fucking out because you, that must have felt amazing for you. Yeah,
1: um What do you feel? Oh, where do I begin? Um uh, I've, I've sort of had like a few words with like a few friends and it sort of boils down to this. Um, the two weeks prior was basically just this 2 week long anxiety attack <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then like like prior to, like just like 5 days prior to the actual gig um i had to get out of melbourne like quick smart because we had the lockdown um, cracking down so oh shit i needed to get out before i got infected and um before <laughs> the, the the borders just closed completely so oh my god like i the, the gig was on the sunday it came to Monday, and I'm like, "Oh, gee, I should probably, uh, maybe I should think about getting out of here." And then Tuesday rolls along, and my manager calls me. He's like, "Yeah, you, mate, you, you've really got to get out of here." are like, "Oh, but oh, like, fuck. I've got like, how am I supposed to do that?" Like, well, what am I supposed to <laughs> and then like Wednesday came along, and I got out of there straight after work. Um, and I had like, I was like, I was the reason I was freaking out. Like, I. Admittedly hadn't had much time to prep for it. I've been trying to do a bunch of other stuff, and I was like, all right, a few days just before it I'm gonna get it all done I'm gonna get these tracks ready um I'm gonna like practice I'm gonna figure out what i'm gonna do it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it's gonna be intense, but I'm gonna be in my home personally, yeah. <laughs> and it's gonna be fine and then all like that all got upended and like oh Jesus I had to like uh firstly I had to figure out where I was gonna stay um I had to figure out. Like, how am I going to, like, I need, like, a studio. I need somewhere to practice. I need somewhere to, like, work on these tracks. And then out of out of nowhere, um, like, well, out of, not really out of nowhere, my girlfriend has always been there. But she, <laughs> she like, she just backed me the entire time. She's like, alright oh, I'm going to sort you out. I'm going to get, like, hotels. And I'm, oh. I'm going to, like, sort out, like, Airbnbs for us. We're going to go up. It'll be fine. Oh. Um, it, Like, my manager sorted out a studio for me to go into for, like, a few days. Oh. Um. I had, like, on the first night that I was up there, my mates were like, just crash at my place. Like, you can stay up there for as long as you like. I was like, this is, like, everyone is just pulled through in the clutch. Like, this is amazing. Um, Everybody's
0: getting around you. That's amazing.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. I just didn't expect it either. I was like, wow, I have, like, really good friends. Like, would I I do this for you? Like, of course I would. But, like, seriously? Like, (laughs) Like, this is a lot. Yeah, and then like, I eventually like got a bunch of it, it. almost ended up better because I had this, I had this time in this studio just to be just there. Like, I, I there was no distractions. It was literally just two two speakers, um, in a room. A shout out to Hugo from Flight Facilities, um, for lending me that studio for the few days. Thank you. Thank shout you. out
0: Hugo. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in to Area
1: <laughs> Three Thousand. Um, if you got the time, yeah. And then, yeah, so, like, I had, like, all this time to sort of just work on it, and, like, I, I hadn't finished... One of the tracks I played was, um like, the Gorillas edit that I popped in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. i finished that literally, like, the day of the gig. Oh, like, I rocked shit. up, did a sound check, and I was, like, good enough. And then, um, the other... Like, another two tracks I'd popped in there, um, which were Trank and uh, Turpin's Falls, mm. um, which haven't been released. Like, I did the mixes, like, that weekend. Whoa. Like, it was it was all a rush. And then by the time the gig actually happened, like, I I don't know, it came to like Tuesday and I was like, did that actually just, did that just happen? Like, I had this huge buildup of, of fear and anxiety and then 45 minutes just blast by this <laughs> thing I've been dreaming about. <laughs> and then, like, I can barely even remember what happened because I was so fueled with adrenaline. Holy like, it was shit. like... Did you black out? My memories of it are now what the videos are which is, like <laughs> which is just bizarre like it's not like i was like crazy drunk or like i don't know like it was just such a like, an intense experience i cried like 3 times Whoa. like like during the gig i was about to cry just before the gig i i think the day before i cried and then the day after the gig i was at the airport and i was just like like with my girlfriend i was like i just started crying <laughs> but it was like all from happiness like at the end Whoa. but before that i was like that was all stress.
0: <laughs> I, I, look, I I've, I've seen that video now like multiple times. Which point did you start feeling like crying?
1: Cuz I cuz I want to pinpoint that. Do you know the exact minute mark? We need the timestamp. I do. Um it's it would be like I when I played Turpin's Falls cuz that song is about my girlfriend and it's about like when I I just remember like looking up at her and just like I was like, "Oh my god, I'm in love with you." And <laughs> I remember at the, like if that song was playing and the vocals sort of came in and then I was like feeling like so grateful for what my girlfriend had done for me and like how much I loved her and I was just like oh oh my god and I was like, like I can't like have a have a moment right now like I need to concentrate but you know, it was just a very emotional weekend like wow. a week weeks Holy Crazy. shit have you cried every tear now?
0: Do you think there are still more in there? Oh no, I'm 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 dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an abyss of emotion. <laughs> Look, I I want you to compare this to your very first Strawberry Fields Festival live show, where you absolutely bombed it. <laughs> 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 uh, yes. How does how
1: does it feel looking back to that now and then looking at this? Um. Oh boy. Um. I was arguably more nervous before that gig than i was before the boiler room one um well wow. you know that, that's also you know i couldn't really handle myself like i didn't know i had all this like all these powerful emotions i was like how do i deal with this like what am i supposed to do but um <laughs> yeah i mean god that that man that gig sucked oh, oh my yeah. god <laughs> i'm just thinking back to that like Like, the worst part of that was just leaving it and having to, like, bear the brunt of failing in front of not only my friends, but people I didn't know that I had to spend, like, (laughs) camping time with. Yeah. But, I mean, you definitely stark contrast, (laughs) like, of how far I've come. (laughs) I don't have to, have like, walk away with my tail between my legs. (laughs) So, that's, like, that was in 2014.
0: So, that's, like, seven years since that happened. Seven years. Yeah. Looking at that, do you feel... You better feel proud of yourself, man, because that's that's incredible. That's really nuts.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I uh, it, it oh, man. Why why'd you have to say how many years it was? God, uh, um, yeah. I mean, like, like this is the thing. I feel like um, there were so many points in that, like, in that era, like between like you know that gig and like now, I guess, where I could have just very easily stepped off and not kept on going with it. And I feel like, like part of me is like, maybe if everyone just kind of kept on going with it, they'd be in a good position. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people um, jump off the, jump off the ship for whatever reason. And yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like for me, like, like maybe I'm selling myself short, but I, I kind of felt like it was just like the amount of time I was putting into things. It was sort of like, a, it was going like these sort of things were going to happen, like you, like you know, a bunch of monkeys in a room for um, an infinite number of years are going to write Shakespeare, sort of thing. Yeah? <laughs> well, well, I, I'm paraphrasing, but you know what I mean. Well,
0: now, um, you know, since then, I, I know that that was a live show. Now you have three sold out live shows coming up in August at Collingwood Children's Farm. That is a very interesting choice of venue. Why did you choose that?
1: Um, it's very wholesome. I, I had the exact same reaction when uh, it was put forward to me. I was like. Okay, uh, that's. I mean, it was not the first place, um, but we. <laughs> I mean, like honestly, like Collingwood Children's Farm is great, but like it's not. It's not the first place you'd think of for a for an electronic gig. Nope. but, um, we. Uh, so it got put forward, and then we were sort of walking around, and they have this really cool barn, like uh, stables sort of area. Right, and. We were like, oh, this is actually pretty cool in here. Like, like minus the the fact that like animals are defecating in there for whatever reason, (laughs) Um, or wherever rather. Um, And they so, but we're walking around. We're like, this is like really really cozy. This is like really really intimate. And like prior to that, um, Laura and I were 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 speaking about this like a prospective live set for us to do together, right? And we sort of just landed on the on the ideas of something that like a venue that needed to be intimate and a venue that needed to be uh so like somewhat unique Mm. and a venue that allowed some sort of platform for you to actually see what we're doing and what like what like a live set is about right um and then we walked in there and we're like like this is like this is it like it's wouldn't be the first thing we thought of, but like this is it, this is cool. Um, wow. I'm really excited for people to actually see what we're going to do with it because, yeah, it is definitely unconventional. Um, but it's it's like last time we did like a site visit, which was maybe last week. Like, I was so so excited about it. It's, <laughs> it's such a cool, like, kooky little place. Um, have you done
0: like a sound check or anything in there?
1: Uh, no, uh, we have not, but they have done gigs in there, they had Paul Kelly. Paul uh, Kelly. Is, <laughs> oh yeah, Paul Kelly. Yeah. Wow. They do. Cause they, they do, they do have like, li- like live sound in a way there right. in some like for like weddings and stuff. But yeah, Paul Kelly did a gig there. um, just like a sit down gig. Um, but this is obviously maybe a bit more sub um, involved <laughs> in the whole occasion, but, I think it'll be fine and also the crew that we've got for the sound are, like have been impeccable um, nice they've been they've been doing a lot of like the untitled um, gigs Oh yeah and yeah like Jency like the main guy um, he is an absolute jet when it comes to like production and sound so nice he's my main man so I trust everything that he plans for that little room. <laughs> so
0: back to the boiler room because there's still many things I want to talk about here. your mullet was primed. <laughs> For that
1: did you did you do some work on that before you went up uh look i oh, so this this is the other the other thing that happened that day um oh, there were there were three instances of like way too good luck um <laughs> i think it was like the first one <laughs> the first one was that i went to get my hair cut mm-hmm. and i walked in and i'm like hey can i get like this we're like mullet can i get like like you know this sort of like up here blah blah and the guy's sort of like staring at me and he's like i'm sorry dude. Um. I to be honest, I've never done that before. And like to be fair, well, I was writing the C B D, like it was probably all like business cuts and whatever. Right. And then I was like, okay, well, that's fine because I have to get this because I look uh, atrocious oh, right shit. now. So um just do your best. And then he's going away at it and he just does like an amazing job. And I'm like, Well, that was weird. That was <laughs> that was some pretty good luck. And then I think there was, there was something else that happened where I was like I think I went to, um, oh, yeah, when I went to Soundcheck, I was like, that's weird. That song sounds really good. That's a little bit suspicious. But I'll just leave that. And then <laughs> on, the, like, on the night of the gig, there was some guy who, like, dropped his pouch, um, like, on the ground. Yeah. And I was sort of in, like, the, in the bar area. And I saw it. And I was like, oh, yeah, Siggy. Oh. Grab that. <laughs> I grabbed it. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then I picked it up, put it in my, like, put it in my pocket. And sort of like waited around for a bit and I was like, All right, no, screw it. I I'm gonna leave. And the guy popped over for like like came over. He's like, has anyone found a pouch? I'm like, Yep, here you go. And I gave it away. (laughs) And it was like, that would have been the hat trick of good luck. And then if I had not given that to him, I would have completely jinxed my entire set. Oh, I see. (laughs) So the haircut was just like part of a hat trick or a potential hat trick of good
0: luck. You really had a lot of luck coming into this whole day. Like, that's amazing. One of the big comments that has come up about it is that uh, you managed to get Sydney ciders of all the people in Australia to skank out to drum and bass. How did you manage to pull that off? That is one of the most impossible tasks in dance music. Um,
1: <laughs> I actually have no idea. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I was, I, I've been screwing around with that, like, idea of, like, like I, so, so, like, what I did was I had, like, the two CDJs, and I, God forbid, used sync. Oh. And I, because, <laughs> we, like, when you, when you use sync, you can, like, you can just use one fade, like, sorry, one pitch, to change the other one Yeah So I didn't have to like Do anything like fiddly So I just brought it like Right down And everyone was Everyone kind of Thought that it was Like slowing down um, <laughs> But Thank god for the The jungle beat Because it Doubled it right up Yeah Yeah um, But I, I don't know, I, I, a lot of people when they mix like those do those two different genres, they usually just do like some sort of like echoy sort of like delay thing, yeah, and I mean, that's fine, but I was like, I want to do something cooler than that. I need to find like a different way to like blend them because it's just I don't know doing like echoes and and reverbs and stuff is kind of feels like the easy way out, you know. do you feel like it's a cop out as opposed to the sync button? Well. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, not only was it on sync, but it was on the, like, wide mode because Uh it was going from, like, 138 on one side down to, like, 86. So I was like, oh, I couldn't, like, possibly be able to do that with my (laughs) hands. So I was like, screw it. We're getting computers involved. Yes.
0: Hey, look, as as well as that, with the drum and bass section, we can't look past the gorilla's edit. (laughs) We can't look past that. Were you working on
1: this before or was this specifically for... Boiler room. oh uh, uh, my. I think it just t- it timed really well. Um, my my girlfriend, like, like, she passed the idea off to me. Um, while <laughs> I she called me up one time and I was like I was like in the studio and I was like, what what is it? What do you need? And she's like, all right, I'll just leave a <laughs> message. And I was like, oh god. And then I put my phone down and she left a message. And I'm like, okay, what's the message? She's like, all right, so I've got this really cool idea. Um, I was thinking of doing, I'm um, thinking if you did like gorillas, um, that feel good in song, but you'd put like a jungle beat at the top. And I was like, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I sort of stopped everything I was doing. Oh, yeah. i was like, that's, that's,
1: <laughs> uh, that's, actually, that's actually pretty good. I just sort of got out of my little mood and I was like, all right. All right, that's pretty cool. And that, that would have been like, two weeks before the actual gig and wow. then I was like yeah because I was thinking of like finishing up on some sort of drum and bass um like classic and yeah. then I was like this like this track was actually coming together pretty pretty quickly and I was like why don't I just do this like this would be sick yeah um because oh, yeah. it was a little bit planned I'm not gonna lie so um you know you know, I'm not just gonna drop that for no reason <laughs> <laughs> like oh I just thought of it right now <laughs>
0: I think um I think by far it's obviously one of a lot of people's highlights of that set. You really seemed to love it as well when you were playing it. You know, you, you, you knew exactly when it was coming. Um I could I could also see your girlfriend next to you and just I could see the look on her face. She was like, I know exactly what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um now I do want to ask you also, how have things been since it all happened? Have things been different at all? Has has
1: life changed? Um well like we've had like because we, like, we had, like, the lockdown, like, for, like, two weeks or thereabouts. And yeah. then, like, I don't know. I haven't really, like, I haven't really been – I haven't really, like, seen my friends that much, like, outside of that. I've sort of been, like, locked in here just doing stuff. Like, I, I feel, like, a little bit, like, overwhelmed if, like, people have, like, spoken to me about it. Because, like, I, it's sort of, like, out of my consciousness at the moment. I'm sort of, like, stressing about this other thing. They sort of bring it out. like <laughs> bring it up. And I'm like – oh yeah no like like thank you um uh uh, i just don't really know how to react because it's like it isn't something i've like thought about in a while yeah um yeah yeah i I think like the the only difference is um it's it's nice knowing that maybe some international ears have heard that and maybe those international ears want me to go play over in their country or something um that'd be cool that's it it yeah i mean it's all like perspective or like Nothing's in stone or whatever, but it's it's nice to know that like that could be on the cards um in the future. It probably will be. It probably will be. <laughs> oh, I, I hope so. I,
0: I'd love to do that. <laughs> you said that the gorilla's edit is not going to come out for a while. Is is it because you're trying to clear that sample? Do you reckon it'll get cleared?
1: As far as I know, it's probably going to be quite expensive to clear the sample. <laughs> um, and look, if some if there is just some random person who ends up making a record label with like a white label release of unknown artists. And I have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. I, I no clue where that is from, how they got the file. That's just crazy to even think about. Um, but yeah, definitely not in a position to upload it in any regard, especially in a digital format. I've, I've had people like ask me like, oh yeah, can I just like have a listen? I'm like, no. If you want to have a listen, go on Boiler Room. Like, I'm not. I'm not being a part of this. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Have you secretly pumped it off to any of your DJ friends? I have literally not. I haven't pumped it off to anyone. I don't trust anyone. Oh. Oh shit. Okay. However, there is a mystery USB floating around Sydney oh, what? <laughs> with it on it. So,
0: <laughs> did you? Yeah, did you so
1: lose it? Did you forget? I lost it. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah so i mean all the power to them um but yeah i fully have no idea where that went and that's the only unless someone wants to hack me um that's (laughs) unless my like not real soulseek account um gets uh, (laughs) hacked in some sort of way um yeah it's safe with me
0: i i'm very interested to see who in sydney has the exclusive possession of this gorilla's edit.
1: It's probably DJ Boring. He came because he came. <laughs> he came up to me with he, with my record needles, which I forgot. Right, and then I. But he's probably the most likely person um, because he's. He's untrustworthy at the best of times. So, um... <laughs> Have you ever hit him up about it? Uh, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I'd much prefer to just um, accuse him in the public eye and not bring it up with him privately. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. That's the way to be in it. Um, so
0: we've talked about the pinnacle of your career and the latest big thing to happen to you. But let's, uh, let's go right back to the beginning. Because I know where your name comes from, because for kids. And it's because your brother used to give you mixtapes while you were growing up. What I'm curious about is What were those first mixtapes? Do you remember them or do you still have them?
1: Uh, I don't still have them But on them was It was like Metallica um, Nirvana Live Wow um, A few other There was this other one which was like um, This like Heavy rock version of Three Little Pigs um, (laughs) Which I used to just love when I was a kid (laughs) It just used to be like absolute carnage you used
0: to grow up with like hard rock and metal when you're yeah
1: yeah my brother my brother was like really into metal um and like heavy rock and grunge and all that nice yeah and then yeah then my sisters uh like my two older sisters sort of like moved out like my like one of my my older sister got me into like offspring um my, my other sister got me into like a bunch of dance music and stuff um yeah, it was a bit, bit of a mishmash. Well,
0: you actually started playing guitar. For those who don't know, um, you started playing guitar since you were ten. What were your favorite tracks like growing up? Like the ones that like really had a huge impact on
1: you? Uh, Master of Puppets from Ooh, Metallica. Yes, yes. Uh, like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was huge. Like Boulder's Love. Um, yes. Is, oh yeah, used to love Cream as well. Like, nice. Of that, like early blues sort of stuff. Yeah. And, actually, funnily enough, like John Mayer. John Mayer was a huge John one. John is great. He's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, oh. he's really good as a guitar player. Yeah, you know hard is to convince. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, amazing guitar he's player. Incredible. I
0: know. Um, I remember uh, listening oh. to Neon for the first time and just being oh. like,
1: how the fuck does
0: someone come up with this shit? That's incredible.
1: <laughs> when skype gets dark
0: you made a guide video called how to make tunes part one and what you said was here is a quick guide on how to become the hippest hoppest jiviest club producer in town step one pretend to like techno (laughs) step step two buy ableton step three press play on obscure device do those three steps Still hold up today.
1: Absolutely. Does anyone actually like techno? No. no. I'm still pressing play on obscure devices. How many how many obscure
0: devices do you have? I can see so many back there.
1: Um. Oh, that's just that's the live rig. Um, Honestly,
0: the thing that stands out to me the most, uh, looking at the back of your room there, is the djembe. Are you going to use that for the live gig? (laughs) That.
1: uh, Yeah. So uh, so so that's one of the guys from Powder Fingers because he used to live down the road. And like, I remember seeing him and I was like, who is that guy? And then like, kind of worked out, like my neighbor was like, oh, that's one of the guys from, from Powderfinger. I'm like, sick. And then he left like, he left his drum out the front of his house and like, I didn't really want it. I just wanted to have one of the guys from Powderfinger's drum. (laughs) So I like left a note. I'm like, yeah, if you don't want this, I've taken it. Here's my number. And he's like, yeah, all good. Wow. So not only do I have his drum, I also have his number. That's so. sick. Nice. Double threat. <laughs> no. yeah.
0: I wonder if um I wonder if cassettes for kids, and. Uh... And Powderfinger could have a collaboration in the future. I wonder what that would. Sound I have been
1: like. incessantly emailing and texting him, but he <laughs> has not responded. So uh, I see
0: they're uh, they're too cool. It's for in you. the works. <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, one of the most memorable parts of your come up uh, when you were DJing around the circuit in Nam was a gig that you did at Bimbos, and uh, it was a steaming hot Christmas gig. While you were DJing, one of the punters placed a Santa hat on your head. <laughs> and you were playing with the Santa hat on your head for about 5 or 10 minutes before you realised that the heat was too much you went to grab it and you realised that it was oh it
1: was covered in (laughs) piss oh far out Jesus yeah, Christ! That, How did that feel when you realized that? That's the answer to the question when people are like, "What's like the worst story you've had?" Like that's the one. Like that is literally yeah. oh, I Forgot about that. That was so. I was like, "Cool." I'm like having fun at this party, and I'm like, "Cool." I wear the hat, and then I like, like felt it. I'm like, "That is so gross. That is so gross." And then I just put it on. Just put it on the turntable, like just to be cool. Oh, just span it. I'm like trying to be cool, like with like piss, just sort of like dribbling down my head like oh my God.
0: did you did you not smell it that it was stanking of piss?
1: <laughs> no well, okay th- like there's a lot of there were a lot of odors going through that place like at the best of times yeah it's bimbos yeah so yeah, yeah no like t- yeah to answer your question short answer like yeah no i, I, I was busy <laughs> i was a little bit busy <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, um, I hope I hope that no one places uh, a piss-soaked Santa hat on your head anymore.
1: Oh, I, I don't even know how you. Oh, wow, that was that's good. That's very good. Let
0: me go even deeper into your life. <laughs> sure, um, I am aware that you were working as a milkman. Are you still working as a milk shifter? I am still a milk shifter. Excellent. Yeah. Does that mean you have to get up quite early in the morning for that sort of stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, which is part of the the issue of. Being a milk shifter, um, but yeah, like I've got to get up at like five a.m. Oh god, um, wow, which is quite rough, especially um, if you're doing late night gigs as well. Yeah, the, the contrast is um, a little bit. It stretches my brain a little bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it's not something. It's it's definitely good to be filling the the gaps with. But yeah, the the that kind of um, contrasting time thing is not very good for my circadian rhythm and it really really bends me out like like i'm so moody i'm psyched like it'll be like off by like a few hours i'm essentially just like jet lagging myself yeah um and then like i work a few days at work it starts coming back and then the weekend comes and then like do a few gigs and i'm like all right and then we shift back and it's just this push and pull of oh jesus uh, yeah it's um yeah, it it was definitely a great stopgap for 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 covid and I'm very grateful that I had a job during that period. Um because not only just from a financial point of view, but just mentally having some sort of structure because I know a lot of people fell out um yeah. but yeah, it's um it, it's like it for what it is now, it's it's um I definitely want to move into doing more gigs and doing more um uh like sort of teaching Things that i can do just to um sort of move away from because um, obviously my, my passion doesn't lie in milk i know i <laughs> well, i don't give off that vibe um but i kind of want to be more focused in um my in music things and i'm also getting to the age now where like you know i don't want to be stuffing around on things that aren't you know getting me to this this point whatever that is <laughs> <laughs> you touched on this um, a
0: little bit earlier and you were talking about teaching music production and dj uh, because you you i know that you're doing this one on one at the moment and that you're teaching some friends how to produce at the moment but you're also looking to open up a website with some online resources and lessons as well
1: yep. uh, when's that starting up um well oh, gee that's a that is a great question <laughs> um well l- luckily i have a a very lovely selfless friend um, shout out to stefano um, who is going to help me um, with this sort of website building? Um, nice, but yeah, essentially it's just like I want to have like a bunch of like videos, sort of like laid out. I kind of want to have um, um, I want to set up like some like like tick like using TikTok for like short, bitey information using like Instagram and oh nice. I pretty much want to avoid Facebook, but yep. um, but I want to have um, sort of like a Patreon sort of thing um, which people can subscribe to and then with that you'll like you can have like access to um like uh early access to like promos have early access to um like uh like sample packs and like discounts and stuff because i want to just be creating those things like more consistently and just sort of be um some sort of like some sort of ground for people to 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 like talk to about a lot of these like production things and a lot of like just like doing away with a lot of the mystery around um, like DJing and, and production because yeah. you can get sort of lost in a lot of the, the, forums. And I, I think that like the way that I've, that the way that I like think about it and the way that I sort of like talk about it, I just like to remove a lot of the the crap that gets in the way and just simplify everything. And um, I think that it's like, what, what is online can be quite dry. If you, yeah. if you like want to learn about compression and you're you're hearing from these guys that like have no experience like really whatsoever They like they're like here's compression and like you hear their song you're like this sucks like this is so bad or they're doing like demos on things and they're just the music is just so unbelievably like intolerable so i just like not that like my music's like amazing but i'd like to think that like that, that where i'm coming from sort of gives me like a leg to stand on yeah um in terms of like why i'm saying this um, i've always found that speaking to people in the industry is so much more handy than speaking to people who are, are trawling through gear sluts or going through like facebook marketplace yeah. or like some groups like telling you the way things are where i'm like you don't know shit because you don't <laughs> get out of your fucking basement <laughs> fucking loser shut up <laughs> I don't care that like I don't care about your fucking sine waves. I don't care about your fucking trying. just like shut up. Like show me what you're good for, or just like leave me alone. <laughs> well,
0: I'm glad that we won't have to deal with that. Uh, here's compression from you. Yeah, um, so that'd be that'd be nice to look forward to. <laughs> um, you were you were just briefly mentioning a very uh good friend of yours, Stefano. Um, and that reminded me of a lot of the things that you were talking about about your girlfriend. The reason why I bring her up is because I saw in a recent interview that you did that your EP Dreams, which is a two-tracker on Wax, the title track on that was written after, and I'm quoting you here now. I realized I was in love with my girlfriend following a dream I had about her. Mm. I want to ask you, what was
1: that dream? Uh, I actually can't. I can't even remember what 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 that what that dream was. I, I think it was just like that kind of realization of. Oh, man, 'Cause it makes me think like that there were actually like several points where I was like, oh crap. It was just this like uh kind of beautifully sinking feeling of, oh God, I'm screwed here. <laughs> um, but cause like with like with Turpin's Falls, like I remember being with being with Danny and like we were sort of like sitting down in uh I don't know, it was actually quite uncomfortable. Um, but um I was sort of like like perched up on these rocks like on a towel and I was sort of like looking up at her and I was like, oh This is—I don't know—I feel like there there, there should be like some sort of music associated with this because this is like this. This is a real. This is a real moment. Um, and then I think we like when it came to dreams. I like when I'm when I'm having like dreams about people and when they're sort of like just sort of very like on the periphery of my like of my of my dreams, just being like their presence is like often there. Yeah, that's when I'm like you're actually like part of me, and you're like. Like like I love you, like it that's yeah it it yeah there were there were a few other moments that like i haven't I haven't like written about, but there were a few other moments like that were really significant that were like very overwhelming for me, um just because I know I'm a pretty closed off kind of guys. So, um, you yeah. express your feelings through music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and pain <laughs> and anger.
0: <laughs> Speaking of your releases as well, I know that you have a new record label coming up. Point of view. Yes. When's this record label coming
1: up? So like all, like, all the website, like record labels sort of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much just planning it for after these live sets. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've, I've essentially got the, like the artwork um, being made and I'm really like the artwork is like my, so my, uh, my sister's partner, Harry, um, which is uh, Kusonka, um on, on Harry Kasonka on Instagram. Um, he makes these like really, like, it, it kind of reminds me of like Adventure Time, but it, it has like this kind of weird, um, it's a little bit unsettling, but it's also <laughs> kind of like beautiful. Um, but he's made these, um, he makes like, he just does these really really cool drawings and I've always loved them. I want to get like tattoos of them. Like I want to get like, um, I, w- I just wanted it to be part of what I am like, I'm doing with this, um, like this has for kids stuff. Yeah. And I wanted to sort of like extend into like my projects and with, um, uh, so with Harry, he's, he's been, a, he did the artwork for my, uh, my Fairfield amphitheater show at the start of the start of the year. Oh right, nice. Yeah, so the the record label is like it's basically just a platform for me to like just put out my own stuff and hopefully just get locals um like a part of it and sort of just build from from Melbourne outwards. Um, yeah. but I I really just want to be on top of like my own releases and I kind of want to be a part of um I I, I, li- I like the idea of like Sending it off the labels, and then you know they say that you're good enough, and then like your your stuff gets put out, whatever. But like, I also really want to be in control of um of like what I'm putting out, and like the the amount that I'm putting out, and being in like in charge of the artistic direction. And I feel like I'm sort of getting to a point where I like I, I can probably have like a bit of a platform to be able to do this properly without sort of just shooting in the dark. Yeah. Um, which isn't a position I've been in before. Um, I mean, the best position I've been in like ever. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I want it, I want it to be like an Australian, um, not an Australian theme, but I want to like keep a lot of the things in Australia. I feel like we've got a lot of talent here and I feel like um, a lot of the, um, like, like in terms of like mastering engineers, like in terms of like pressing plants or whatever, or um, in terms of people like to be a part of the EPs or, um, or like, you know, mixtapes or whatever, or even like remixing. Like, I kind of want to keep that in Australia. Yeah. Um, so, and I think going through COVID um, sort of made me realize that. I mean, it's not that I didn't know that there was great talent here, but it's also just the the um, the attitude shift to to be thinking sort of more locally rather than thinking, you know, oh, maybe I can just get this like amazing guy or amazing girl <laughs> or amazing like 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 anyone to go and like. Be a part of what i'm doing in another country like i don't want that like I, I want i want to just be like i want us to like grow from here and then spread out i don't want to like latch some poor person like yeah. to the, to the person. you know uh, yeah I, I know it's like they're, they're taking up the opportunity of someone who is like standing beside me you know um uh, yeah no i think that's really cool we are
0: about to run out of time and so i do need to ask you one more thing that well not one more thing probably a couple more things this is very important I think this is something that I think is really important because it is a bit of a problem in Australia. And the fact that you are doing some work on this is fantastic. The Islamic Museum of Australia. Uh, you were a recent ambassador of that and you were helping promote the museum and reduce the stigma around Islamic faith in Australia as well. Um, I got to ask you, are you Muslim yourself? No, no. Um, I'm not religious at all. Oh, wow.
1: So, yeah. uh, what brought you on to helping the museum out with this? So, one of my friends. Um, Bertie or you might know her as DJ Bertie yeah um, um,
0: just just chatted to her last week
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I saw that I, I, yeah uh, the like the, the, like the agency or the company that she works for um, were working with the um, Islamic Museum of Australia yeah and they were looking for people to be ambassadors and then Bertie was like hey got this opportunity what do you what do you think and I'm like Sure. Um sounds good. Um <laughs> Nice. And yeah, it, it, it like like so I, I my my role as like as an ambassador um this was basically just just as a learner cuz yeah. um I I didn't I didn't I don't really know like a whole lot about um about the museum. Um I don't know a whole lot about the Islamic faith. Um Yeah. And uh you know, I sort of just took it on board to just be like a, a learning experience and just sort of be like the, the main, the main reason I like, I, I wanted to do it was so that I could sort of like arm myself with the, with the, like the right information to be able to combat a lot of that, um, stigma and to combat a lot of those, um, those, um, those problems that, that, that seem to be arising in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I can't really be like sitting here, like telling someone that they're wrong and that they're like, that they're being ridiculous when I don't actually have any information to sort of like back it up. Like, yeah. cause a lot of the stuff, like a lot of like the stigmas and stuff are, are just like totally made up. Well, what um, are they? Um, Well, like, it, 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 the idea that, um, that Muslim women don't have like any rights or um, like a lot of like that they like can't really like speak for themselves or you know like like what what they are uh, what they are wearing and what they're doing is like oppressive and it's right. uh, totally not true like uh, uh, it's uh, a lot of like anything that is in any way oppressive about the um islamic faith has nothing actually to like it's it's more to do with the countries that are using the faith are using the faith to um to oppress people right okay it's it's n- it has nothing to do with the the religion it's it's like nothing like that yeah, so like, like, even reading that, it's like the, a lot of these things. Like, I didn't actually genuinely think a lot of like about a lot of these sting- stingers, but then I'm like, sort of like reading these things in the in the museum, I'm like, I kind of did think that. I th- I kind of thought that that's that it was oppressive. I yeah. kind of thought that um it wasn't equal. Like, I but it's like it's peaceful. It's it's just like every other religion. It's like no like bad or like no worse or like no better than any other religion. So like it it wasn't the fact that like um it, it it wasn't even coming from the point of the fact that like i i don't like really get around like christianity or like or uh, or catholicism yeah, or whatever yeah. but like i don't i think like fundamentally i don't think anyone should be um should be stigmatized or someone like, someone should be marginalized for their faith like just yeah. like and it also pisses me off that like it is a marginalized part of our society so just i'm just like fuck off like <laughs> break, like like, like that's just like that just that just sucks um so i just thought i'll get around it and i'll happily help out
0: that's really cool The a number of people that i know that um have a lot of misunderstandings about the um the islamic faith without any of the information that they need god i could count them on more than 10 hands but um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's fantastic that you know you took the opportunity to To learn about it. I mean, I can't say that I've done the same for myself, um, but I also, you know, feel like perhaps that is something that, uh, in order to arm myself, like you said, uh, for conversations where there are misunderstandings involved, that'd be a good idea. Um, So, uh, you know, thank you for uh, creating that inspiration. (laughs) Uh, Now, we are about to head into this. Seriously fantastic mix that you've made for us here, filled with lots of house and disco uh, and a few little garage boppers in there as well, including, and I have to uh, call you out on this, <laughs> um, Corrupt FM. You put on Corruption Tings in this mix. How dare you yeah. put Corrupt FM yeah. in a mix? That is fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Do you, <laughs> do, you uh, do you like that show? Have you watched it? No. Um, um, pe- people Just Doing Nothing?
1: Uh, no, i there was this uh, playlist that uh, my friend Manika um like sent to uh, my girlfriend and I um yeah. which i think it was just like the corrupt fm like playlist yeah. and that song was on there and like okay like to be fair like i love i love that track but i'm also like like the actual themes of it probably don't align with with me um it, i did i think i did play it one night uh, i think i played it um at uh it was before uh, it was at the Wool Store before Ben UFO. Oh yeah, and then yeah I'm yeah. sort of like playing it, and I'm like, oh, oh, I totally forgot about these lyrics. <laughs> uh, I'm not that kind. Of, just like, just disclaimer: I'm not actually like, I'm not actually like that, guys. Just, yeah, sorry.
0: Instant classic triple. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Great instrumental, um, for sure. But um, you know, uh, with the corrupt FM, I think everybody, uh, including anybody that like doesn't agree with the content of the, of the lyrics. Uh, knows that uh, it is all essentially parody and sarcasm, Yeah, I,
1: so. yeah, I really, I really hope that they, yeah, yeah, it's just a joke, guys. <laughs> like, haha.
0: <laughs> for the people that don't get it, I cannot recommend watching. People who just do nothing anymore, because it is a fantastic show. If you love Garage, or, or if you just love comedy mockumentaries, then I would highly recommend, uh, watching this show. So, we are about to head into this mix. Is there anything? Uh, special in there that you would like to uh, tell us about?
1: Uh, boy, oh boy! Um, I, I've got a, I've got a, like a few mates um who have sent through some things um or I've just ripped them from them. <laughs> um, but, uh, I've, I've got I've got two. I've got there's there's two Suki tracks in there. Um, nice. The first one is into my I think it's into my life um which is an edit that he made. And then there is a, another one, which is coming out on an EP. uh, Like another one of his that I've put on there at the end, um, which is coming out on EP for, but I'm not sure if he's using his alias um, because he does have a few aliases, Ah. but it's coming out on a pretty big record label, um, which is pretty huge for him. And I'm very happy for him because like the whole EP is dope, but that track is Schmicko um, yeah. also got another one um, at the start there with last Nubian and Dugan over in the UK. Um, they're uh, my friends from Bon Appetit, um, which was the first record label that pressed anything of mine to wax. So oh, no shout shit. out to Gav and the, uh, and the crew over there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, i um, what else, I'm trying to remember what was on there. Um, oh, and human movement, human movement. There's another ah. one, in there. um, one of the electro bangers on there. Um, so thank you for sending that one over to me, mate. So that was <laughs> a banger, excellent. Well, let's head into that
0: mix. Just before we go in, though, you've listed a lot of really important people in your life. Um, but I do want to ask do you have any shout outs that you want to give to those important people? for perhaps getting you where you are right now or supporting you for this whole
1: time. Oh, uh, um, this is your chance. This is your chance to shout it out right here on area 3000. <laughs> if I haven't already spoken about her enough, a uh, big shout out to my girlfriend, Danny. Um, she is the absolute best of the best of the best. Mum, you're great. Um, <laughs> am my Yeah. All my fam. You guys are, you guys are cool. Um, and um big shout out to the guys at Mavis the grocer for supplying me with um uh, endless coffees and um and croissants because you guys rock thank you
0: shout out to our sponsor Mavis the grocer uh yeah. s- proudly supporting area 3000 for uh, all of the hours that we are on air hey uh Zach thank you so so much for making the time to chat with me today I fucking wish that we could chat longer honestly, me too because I have so many questions um and, and it sounds like you've had such an in- interesting life and you seem like such an interesting person. And honestly, I can't wait to uh, potentially meet you at one of your gigs uh, or out on a particular night in Melbourne. Or if you're holed up in the studio being drunk with your girlfriend, then perhaps I'll never see. You. But um, <laughs> either way, uh, thank you so much. And I'm so grateful to have had the time to chat to you tonight. I hope you've had fun. I have. Thank you for having me. I very much appreciate it. This was great. It was great fun. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, you can say no, that you didn't have fun on this show, if you want. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a bit of a letdown. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> We're always open to constructive feedback here on Spinning Around with Haile Minogue. And when I say we, I mean me. It is literally just me. I need a team. Please help. Uh, so, <laughs> thank you so much once again, everybody. We're about to head into this sensational mix. You have been listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000, playing cassettes for kids right now. Sick! (laughs)